This podcast from Teacher is supported by the Reframing Teaching and Learning Environments model, also known as RELATE, a research and evidence-informed model supporting schools to create the preconditions for improved teaching, learning and well-being, delivered by the MacKillop Institute. Visit mckillopinstitute.org.au to learn more. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Research Files from Teacher Magazine. I'm Dominique Russell. How effectively do you think you're delivering Indigenous content in the curriculum? Would you say you have enough knowledge and confidence in this area? A program established by the University of New South Wales Matraville Education Partnership is looking to address these two areas of teacher practice. The Cultural Residence Project aims to support classroom teachers with improving their knowledge and confidence in teaching Indigenous content by giving them the opportunity to co-teach with a First Nations cultural educator. I'm joined in this episode by Auntie Maxine Ryan, who is working across four different primary schools in Sydney's eastern suburbs as a cultural resident, and Dr Rose Amazon, the lead research investigator working on the project. In this episode, Auntie Maxine and Rose will share how this project works and crucially give some really helpful ideas on how teachers across the country can improve how they deliver Indigenous content in the curriculum, even when they're not lucky enough to have access to a cultural resident. There's a lot to get to in this episode, so let's jump straight in by hearing an acknowledgement of country and introduction from Auntie Maxine. I'll do an you know, acknowledgement and welcome and introduce myself as Auntie Maxine from the La Perouse Aboriginal community of Botany Bay, and I belong to the Darawal people. But I am going to acknowledge Bidjigal and the Gadjigal clans and the Eora Nation around Sydney. And uh, acknowledge, you know, my elders and the land wherever you are, because uh, the theme this year is healing, healing, looking after our beautiful land. And it's not only important to look after the land, it's important to look after the sea too, as we all survive. We all survive from the land and the sea, whether we be um, an animal or whether we be a human. So we must look after to look, um, keep surviving. As uh, we all, you know, my people have survived for thousands of years and will keep on surviving. And Australia is a multicultural um, you know, country, so uh, we all must um, value everything and um, live off, live the way we live and with our cultures. So uh, I'm uh, quite passionate about um, Aboriginal culture and I'm quite passionate about uh, the land and looking after the land and teaching the children, you know, it's important to look after the land and the sea. So I'll let Rose introduce herself now. All right. Well, my name is Rose Amazon, and um, I've been so uh, blessed in a lot of ways to work with Auntie Maxine and to be able um, to be part of this very important work. Um, and um, I want to thank you again, Auntie Maxine, for your beautiful acknowledgement. Uh, I myself do acknowledge the land that I'm sitting on currently. And I think the elders and uh, the custodial of the land who protected it and took care of it. It's for me to stand on it at the moment. So thank you. 
Um, now, in terms of answering the question as part of my role in this project, I, I am the lead research investigator on the project. And so what that means is, um, you know, I collaborate with um, community, um, the AECG, the Aboriginal Education Consultative Group, which Auntie Maxine is part of. Um, we also have Catherine Thompson, who's part of the team as well. We work with other um, staff members to really bring this project um, to the point at which it is. Um, and so um, I think, you know, the, my involvement in, in there is really, uh, I wouldn't consider myself lead, even though that's my title. I consider myself as a partnership working in this, not only with Auntie Maxine, but with everyone else that's involved, because it does take a whole collaboration for this to really happen and be successful. Auntie Maxine's co-teaching role involves spending two days a week across several terms with classroom teachers to plan, teach and evaluate the Indigenous content taught. Here, she explains how she supports teachers to effectively and authentically teach primary school students about quite difficult topics like the stolen generation. Well, in the past couple of years, I have uh, come onto the program and um, we started off just a small um, group of schools, but now it's expanded as, um, as the word's got out. And I'm there in the school to help the uh, teachers feel comfortable about um, teaching Aboriginal culture because there is some, you know, some soft parts there that um, they're not comfortable in teaching. So if I'm there supporting that teacher in, um, you know, the right words to say, how to say it, it, it helps it helps them and the children do enjoy me being in the classroom and as I keep saying every day when I'm in that classroom I'm there to uh, you know to teach them Aboriginal culture but I'm learning too because I'm learning their culture so you know and children their stories are just important as my story and acknowledge that because that that way the children get more involved in this project and the listening of my culture and how we did survive, how Aboriginal people did survive, and the true stories that are out today. Of course, when I was going to school, this wasn't there. You didn't learn Aboriginal culture. You didn't learn any anything about Aboriginal people. It was all about... Um, you know, the uh, settlement and things like that. So now we, um, you know, we're learning about Aboriginal people and, and Torres Strait Islander people and our culture and our story. You know, as I keep saying, the, um, the non-Aboriginal children, they're um, fascinated in listening to the stories and listening to my stories and listening to other elders from the community, their stories. Um, how we survived and how we lived on a mission. See, I lived on a mission. So I grew up on uh, La Perouse and, um, you know, it was run by white people. So, and, you know, you wasn't, um, you wasn't allowed to learn your uh, culture. You had to learn their culture and you had to go to church. We all had to be Christian. It was uh, go to, you know, go to school and come straight back home. Um, my dad, when he was allowed to work, because Aboriginal people back then, you know, they wasn't allowed to work and that wasn't allowed to leave the mission. But when my dad 
was allowed to uh, go to work, but he had to wear a tag. He had to sign in and sign off every time he went to work, walk to work and walk home, because if he didn't, uh, if the police come along, they'd just, you know, pick them up and take them. So these are stories that are still there. Um, I'm here, I'm still living. I'm still living these, these stories uh, and telling these stories, which were never told years ago. When you're in schools, you've got to look at the children too when you're doing this project is um, their level because the stolen generation is a, is a, you know, a very soft topic. And that's where um, some of the teachers find it hard to teach that section then I always say to the teachers is look at the age too because, you know, um, it's very sad if, you know, if you say something to, you know, the younger, the younger children under, you know, uh, year three, um, the babies were taken away, children were taken away, they went to hospital, they never come home and things like that. You know, that's that, they would cry, they would... That, yeah, so it's a very soft topic. And the, and, the, and the stories are still real out there because some um, people say, you know, um, Aboriginal people should get over it. Um, that happened years ago. You know, they're dead and gone, but they, they're not dead and gone. People are still living today who were stolen. You know, my husband was one of the stolen generation. Um, his whole family was taken, you know, and these are stories that have to be told into the schools. And some of the teachers, they're um, really passionate about it too and want to learn about, um, about the culture and do it in, in a way that, um, you know, it uh, reflects on, you know, Aboriginal people and it's our stories. So this program... Um, helps Aboriginal people, not just myself, but um, all the elders and all the Aboriginal people that have been involved in this program. This um, helps us heal, helps us heal to talk about, you know, what really did happen to us and how, how it has affected our communities, not just, you know, my communities, communities all, all around. Well, it's affected you know, Indigenous people worldwide. But um, it's, you know, it's becoming more and more of that subject that's, you know, the word is getting out there. The healing is helping. Another important part about the project is um, the university, you know, they approached us, mm -hmm. uh, but they approached us and they didn't um, tell us what we should do. They, you know, they was there to support us um, how we could do it. They was there to say, you know, how, how can we best get um, Aboriginal voices out there? You know, it wasn't, oh, this is what you need to do in your community. This is what you need to do in your school. This is, yeah, they approached us in that very, very nice, calm way. And that's what um, all the Aboriginal people talk about when, um, you know, when we are to talk, when we're talking about the program is how the university approached us. Yeah, and, and that's what we like, you know, because um, we get sick of, like, 
health workers and that they come into your community and that and they go oh this is what you need this is what you need yeah yeah I'll give you that I'll, I'll throw that out yeah and then I'll, I'll get the tick you know and that's what happens is um organizations and a lot of people they they just come to get the tick mm. and then you don't see them again Coming up, Auntie Maxine and Rose share how teachers across the country can improve their confidence and knowledge in teaching Indigenous content in the curriculum. But first, here's a quick message from our sponsor. You're listening to a podcast from Teacher Magazine, supported by the Reframing Teaching and Learning Environments model, delivered by the MacKillop Institute. Our model is research and evidence informed and supports schools to create the preconditions for improved teaching, learning and well-being. The MacKillop Institute provides a suite of evidence-informed programs and services to support students and educators who have experienced change, adversity, loss, grief and trauma. Visit mckillopinstitute.org.au to learn more. By working to help teachers build their confidence in teaching Indigenous content, the Cultural Residence Program looks to change teacher practice and aims to one day have a cultural resident in every primary school. But in the meantime, how can teachers who don't have the opportunity to co-teach with a First Nations cultural resident work towards improving their practice in this space? Auntie Maxine and Rose point to some practical strategies and resources. We're there to support them. We're there to um guide them the right way, who to connect with. Every As we keep saying to them, every community has got an Aboriginal organisation in it, whether it be a health one, whether it be the land council, whether it be a preschool, whether it be another school down the road. If that school hasn't got Aboriginal people, connect with the school down the road that has got Aboriginal people. Um, connect with your community and then that way you know um, there's a school that I don't work in now but uh, they was never connected to the community but now they are I was there for two terms and now they're connected to the uh, La Perouse community and they're still using like the community they're still using me so uh, that's what I really like and I haven't been into that school for 12 months now but, you know, they're still, um, they're still learning. Even I'm still learning. Well, everybody learns every day. Yeah. So um, with this project, and you know, we get more and more into these schools and help these schools, you know, whether it be um, someone to work in that little community and work around, you know, them five schools. Um, who, you know, hasn't got um, many Aboriginal people or, or hasn't got many Aboriginal children in there or got no Aboriginal children in there, in their school. Because um, there's still a lot of schools out there that they haven't got Aboriginal kids, but they still want to, um, you know, they still want to learn. They still fly the flag. Yeah, I think Auntie Maxine is absolutely right. You know, if teachers, uh, I know many teachers don't have this program or they don't have a AEO, an Aboriginal Education Officer in their schools. Um, as Auntie Maxine said, reach out to the community. Like they have the ACG, they have groups that's completely open to the community and teachers. 
Um, they have uh, the main council, like Auntie Maxson said. So there are ways um, teachers can still uh, connect community without a cultural resident um, in, in house. Hmm. Um, so again, as Auntie Maxine said, go out there in the community, go to the various events, um, go to the footy, <laughs> footy game sometimes, you know, go meet people, go mingle. Um, because sometimes when people start seeing your faces and see you there, they know, they start knowing you and they, you'll be surprised um, how much of a difference that makes. Um, not only to the community, but to the parents and to the kids. When the kids see you in different events, they're like, oh, miss, what are you doing here? <laughs> so they sort of connect with you at a different level. So I think that's a very good point. And as Auntie Maxine said, we learn, we are continuously learning as teachers. And so part of our growth, part of our critical awareness in this space is to do that learning, do that legwork that is required for you to authentically and genuinely engage in, in this area. And I know a lot of time teachers are time poor um, and there are certain, uh, you know, uh, syllabus uh, content that we need to go through, get through uh, and take the boxes. But um, if we really want to be authentically engaging in Aboriginal, um, uh, Aboriginal content, history and culture, it requires more than picking up a resource online and just try to teach it. Um, so that's what Auntie Maxine brings. Auntie Maxine brings this, uh, so many things, so many, at so many different levels. She brings the connection to the community. You know, how do teachers start connecting to community? By having Auntie Maxine, they can go to her and say, Auntie Maxine, I want to do this. What do you think? And if Auntie Maxine can help, she helps. If she can't, she reach out to someone who can actually help. Um, but if you don't have an anti vaccine at your school, you know, it's, it's okay too. You need to start working. And, and part of what we're doing as well, part of this research, and we're working with World Vision um, that is actually um, uh, have a, a campaign, a national campaign happening at the moment, Know Your Country, is to try to get funding whereby we have an anti vaccine in every primary school. Um, so that we can have that authentic engagement with Aboriginal history and culture. Um, and so, yeah, so it's, it's really important. And as Auntie Maxine mentioned before, research has shown that, you know, a lot of teachers don't have self-confidence around the issue. And so even though teachers, I think overall have a social justice, you know, uh, social justice mind of thinking about being in education. I mean, many people didn't get in education because they want to make money. You know, it's because we authentically, we think about the social justice aspect to our work and we want to make a difference. We want to make an impact to students' lives and to our society. And so we know this. So teachers are willing and they want to do it, most of them anyway. So really it's a question of, yeah, trying to uh, get more comfortable with the content. Um, but research also shows that, you know, partnership between schools and indigenous communities and the embedding of indigenous cultural knowledge and perceptive, uh, sorry, different perceptions and perceptive, sorry, perspectives in schools can improve school outcome for all students, you know, not just Aboriginal students. So, you know, there's a lot of positive there and a lot of um, uh, positive approaches and strategies we can actually use and not to get stuck in the deficit approach of things, which is what this research is trying to do. Ultimately, this program aims to improve student outcomes. So how have students responded to Auntie Maxine co-teaching in their classroom two days per week? 
Here, Auntie Maxine explains what she has observed and Rose shares some early insights on student engagement. Oh, the Aboriginal children just love, um, and the non-Aboriginal children, you know, they all do. They, it doesn't matter what age they are. They just love it. They just love. And, um, you know, uh, I see them and they go, you're coming into our class or not today? I'm not. Oh, you know, they're, they're, um, they want me there all the time. Um, you know, because I'm, I, um, I show them the way Aboriginal people used to, you know, learn. And there's still that learning. There's still that learning that people, um, you know, are still learning. Children are still learning. Any age is still learning. So there, and the schools that I've been to, they're doing more and more outside activities. They're doing more and more outside learning. Yeah, um, as Auntie Maxine said, the children, both the the teachers and the kids, cannot get enough of Auntie Maxine. You know, uh, just because of her nature, but also the students just love to hear the stories. It has such an impact on them, not only on the way they see the world, but they're not only learning about Aboriginal content and history, they're learning with, you know, Auntie Maxine, all these really important things. And so um, what we find so far, and again, we, we, this is about changing teachers' practice, but we see anecdotal um, evidence that show that, you know, the students are building a lot of um, you know, uh, knowledge, but also deep knowledge about Aboriginal content and history. Um, they are also engaging differently, you know, thinking about different perspective of the way they see the world and the way the perception of history, you know, who write history and what knowledge is, you know, sort of is valued in some ways. Um, and so you have um, uh, kids that are thinking differently about really very powerful um, issues and powerful content um, as well. And yeah. so I also want to say that, you know, uh, the, the kids also would go home. And what we find, we had a couple of teacher parent nights. And what some of the parents told us is some of the kids that are working with Auntie Maxine and in Auntie Maxine's class that she works with the teachers, they will go home and teach their siblings what they've learned. And then they will go home and teach their parents. Sometimes their parents are unaware of some of the things Auntie Maxine talk about. And so the parents wanted to know, you know, how can we continue this conversation with our kids, you know, at home? So there is a really a snowball effect on this, you know, the, the way the project really have an impact. Um, so not only on the kids, it doesn't stop there. You know, it, it, it has a snowball effect um, for sure. It's taking the time. Yes, so they are not, they're taking it home. So it doesn't stop in the yeah. classroom. And we, we do see that, you know, the perception of the kids, the way they see things, the level of empathy, but also, you know, the way they think about Aboriginal content and, you know, Aboriginal topic is also quite different. Um, having Auntie Maxine there, I think it really adds a, 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 a level of depth of understanding for the kids, but also a lived experience, you know, they get to really share that experience with Auntie Maxine and the fact that Auntie Maxine shared her lived experience also, you know, sort of bring some of the content to reality um, for the students. So it's it's been quite powerful, I think. And finally, as Rose is about to explain, there was plenty of research that led to UNSW to conduct this project. I'll share the links to some further resources and information on this topic in the transcript of this podcast, which you can find under the podcast tab at our website, teachermagazine.com.
there is a lot of research that has been done and actually uh, Associate Professor Kevin Lowe and about 10 or different colleagues have done a systematic review on all different aspects on Aboriginal education overall. And they have, they've reviewed about 15,000 papers and research and studies around these issues. And so, and it has really cement for us, but also informed this approach, this approach that continue reinforcing the, the role that um, community plays and the value of the knowledge that community holds and that how that itself is very important if we're talking about reconciliation, if we're talking about reciprocity, um, that's really important. So at the core of what we do is a partnership that is informed by community members' voices to be heard and to be at the forefront of everything that we do. So there's multiple research and research, again, current research that just it's been published. You should have a look at what really inform our approach, um, which is looking at true and genuine engagement with community, whereby community have agency and they lead the, the way they want things done because they know best on what needs to be done and how things need to be done and what needs to be taught. And so the valuing of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander knowledges is at the forefront and at the core of this and trying to help teachers to really reconceptualize the way they think about embedding indigenous perspective is part of this project as well. I know we didn't get a chance to talk about the professional learning aspect of this, but the professional learning aspect of it is really an unlearning and relearning process about Aboriginal education and what it looks like and what it should be um, such that teachers feel you know, empowered to really teach the content, but also do a really good job because I think most teachers wanna do that overall. Um, it's just they don't have the proper tools and the resources to do that. And that's what the project is trying to, to give them. That's all for this episode. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with a new episode in our school improvement series, which is looking at getting students involved in the school evaluation process in an authentic way. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss the episode. And in the meantime, we'd love for you to rate and review us in your podcast app. You've been listening to a podcast from Teacher, supported by the MacKillop Institute. Visit mckillopinstitute.org.au to learn how we support schools through our Seasons for Growth program and Relate model.